Hey guys, it's Lynn right back here with you again on another episode of Seriously. I'm coming to you most days as normal from right here at anchor.fm front slash seriously. Or you're probably picking me up through the podcast app on your smartphone since you've subscribed to this podcast. Either way, how you got here, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you back here with me. Um, on today's podcast episode, we're going to get back into Let's Talk Ag, and specifically the topic of Prop 12. Prop 12 is a proposition in California that is on tap to do some serious, serious damage to the agricultural world, animal agricultural world at that. And this doesn't have just a, a, a small reach. This is far reaching. Because not only will it affect California agriculturalists, but it will start to have that ripple effect, as it normally does, across the U.S. And it will affect not only production agriculture, but it will affect 4-H, FFA, fairs, livestock expositions, rodeos, you name it, it's going to touch it and possibly destroy it. So let's get in and have this conversation, shall we? So like I said at the top on this episode of Let's Talk Ag, we're going to talk about Proposition 12, which is coming up on the ballot here in the next couple weeks in California. Now, if you're not in California, you're probably thinking, well, shit, I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to be concerned. Um, yeah, you do. Especially those who raise livestock for a living, if you are a parent of a child who is in 4-H that has livestock projects, maybe if you are a parent of a child in FFA who has livestock projects, maybe your kid competes in rodeo, maybe you compete in rodeo, anything that has livestock in it is going to be profoundly affected because of this proposition. Now it's going pretty much swept under the radar. The verbiage in the ballot is so benign, but the agenda is so huge. I want to read to you what the verbiage says on the ballot. Now, this is the text. It says, this proposition is to establish a minimum requirement for confirm, excuse me, for confining certain farm animals. This prohibits the sales of meat and egg products from animals confined in non-complying manner. The fiscal impact is the potential decrease in state income tax revenues from farm businesses, likely not more than several million dollars annually. I like I like that. Not not really too much. Just several million. Uh, state costs up to ten million annually to enforce the measure. Um. So I don't know about you guys, but recently there was an article that came out in Forbes magazine. It was their online edition, and if you haven't read it. You absolutely should. Forbes magazine talks about how 
innately unsustainable California is because of their regulations, the propositions they have, the crazy um, lawsuits that are brought forth by special interest groups. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, I'm not quite sure how they were able to pick the top four or five because there's so many, but... And I, and I will say before I go on, I know it sounds like I'm blowing on California and probably because I don't live there anymore, though I have not changed my license yet. You know, I haven't pulled the trigger on that one. But it's very hard for me when I watch the demise of an industry by those who don't understand it but benefit from it. So I mean, are, you, do you, are you getting what I'm saying? Probably some of my most um, frustrating legislative visits were with legislators who knew nothing about the agricultural subject that they were absolutely uh, voting against. All the while, they were enjoying a cup of coffee with cream in it um, or maybe eating food goes back to that old adage, never talk ill of a farmer with your mouth full, right? Well, Prop 12 is, how can I put this? It's got some loose uh, verbiage in it. But I'm going to say this to you, and maybe I am an alarmist and that is fine, but Prop 12 aims to literally put the welcome mat out Maybe put the key in the door. Let's go with it just keeps the door unlocked and open for animal rights groups to come in and continue to dictate how things go. And if you think that I'm kidding, just sit back and do nothing. See, I don't want to sit back and do nothing because my livelihood depends on it. I do get a little frustrated. I do get a little upset because I, I I really do take offense to people deciding on how I can do things when they have never once been around, been involved, or done what we do. See, quite a few years ago, there was Proposition 2 that started this confinement um, deal, issue, whatever you want to call it. Depends on who you're talking to and how they feel about it at the time. But there were so many groups who felt that Prop 2 would never pass. It was outlandish. Not The consumer's not going to vote for that. They're not going to understand. Ugh. And flash forward, how does, how does your, you know, $5 a dozen eggs cost, you know, taste now? I'm not saying that we should not have provisions, rules, regulations for how we conduct business. In every aspect of business, in every type of business, there are operating rules and procedures. But when these rules and regulations aim to put a business, put an entity out of business, that's where I have a problem. The other thing is, is that I don't understand why there isn't more education about the ramification of these propositions. Now, to my friends outside of California, again, you 
should be rallying the troops. You really should. You should start to talk to your local and state legislators. Hell, talk to your national legislators. You voted them in, so they are accountable to you. Uh, To the legislators, you are accountable to us. We the people. We voted your asses in, and you need to listen to us. I get that you have staffers that help you out, but making a staffer answer everything doesn't always work. Bitter, party of one, table of zero. I'm just tired of dealing with legislators who will not deal with me. Usually that's because they know I'm right. Doesn't that sound so self-serving? Isn't that awesome? But let's get back to the subject at hand. When Prop 2 passed, it had sweeping effects across the poultry industry. Now, I'm not saying that we do not want to have the best interests of production livestock at hand. We want to make sure that production livestock is given the best life possible for the time that they are with us, basically. But what I do have problems with is when... We have people who have specific agendas, and they do whatever they can to forward those agendas. Let that one sink in for a bit. So Prop 2 just totally effed us all, and yeah. So now in 2018, almost 10 years later, we have this Prop 12. Now, that's not to say that these animal rights interest groups have not tried to pass, like, you know, measures before. Um, But this one has legs. Shit, it's got the whole body and the head, okay? And I haven't seen anything of any substance come out from any of the agricultural groups that I belong to or that I follow. It's almost like I'm just, I'm waiting. It's like, come on, give me something, give me something, give me something. Nothing. Nada. Where are you? Where are you guys? It's okay to speak your truth. The consumers are only going to listen to who's talking, not the ones who just are hoping that they get it. I got to say, when I was searching up the information on Prop 12 this morning and wanted to get some background um, about how things were going, for every one positive, maybe kind of post-feel-good thing out there, there's about nine websites touting how terrible agriculture is, how sweeping changes need to be made, um, and they use, here it comes, because I know I've said this to you guys before, they use the emotional component. Hello? When will ag start being proactive and not reactionary? Start telling your story. The hard, the gritty, the dirty. People want it. I want it. And those of you that are listening to my podcast, clearly you want to hear it. You want to know. 
would many of you be surprised to know that people are going into debt just trying to feed their livestock? If they didn't give two shits, they'd let them just die out in the field. Right? But that's not how it works. The picture painted of agriculturalists today is one of an uncaring, no-heart kind of person. Someone that uses and abuses, right? Jesus, I mean, we're like one step away from a Jeffrey Dahmer t-shirt. I mean, come on. But I am here to tell you that is not the case. That is absolutely not the case. Right now, this very moment, somewhere, somehow, there is a farmer who is tending to his livestock, making sure that they have clean water, that their pens are cleaned, and that they are comfortable. Right now, there's a 4-H kid making sure that before they get on that bus or get in the car to go to school, that their animals have food, that their animals have warmth, that their animals are taken care of. For every piece of truth, there's an arm length worth of untruths. I've heard it for years. I've been dealing with groups for so long, and it's the same thing that cycles. And so with this Prop 12 that comes up and the animal confinement issue, I'm not surprised. But here's the thing. And I'm going to say this again because I just did a little bit ago. Even if you do not live in California, you need to start to educate yourself on this proposition and how this works because it will affect you. Washington, Oregon, you know it's coming. Whenever shit goes down in California, it goes up. Shit doesn't roll downhill, apparently, especially when it's coming from California. It rolls up. It goes to Oregon, Washington, and then it goes over to Colorado, which is kind of like California 2.0. But you need to understand that you've got to activate yourself if you care. If you don't, mazel, whatever. That's fine. But I care because this is my livelihood. But I also care because... There's so many untruths. Now, you're probably wondering how this happens. How does this how does this stuff get get going? How do you know they get enough signatures to get on the ballot? Well, because they're brilliant. Hats off. Hats off to these organizations because they have figured out not only how to get in with agricultural groups and kind of infiltrate them, they use the emotional component. I know I say it a lot. I'm going to say it again. Think Sarah McLachlan singing. I mean, who doesn't feel like a dick and want to empty their wallet or their checkbook to save the poor little shivering dog on TV? Where's that love and support for agriculturalists? Where's the love and support like that for the people who grow our basic needs? It ain't there. 
Remember Farmade? That's morphed into something different. But it started out to help the farmer. Now, I, know, I can hear it already, and I'm just going to go, whoa. Don't say factory farms to me. Don't say corporations to me. Unless you really know. A lot of family farms, when they get so big and there's so many family members, they have to form a corporation in order to protect themselves. But no one tells you that. I know I'm getting on a tangent about this, and I, and I get upset because of the lack of information that's out there. And then I get upset because I hear those who are trying to deal with animal rights activists, and no offense, but you're getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. If you don't know how to talk to them, first of all, the first thing is, don't talk. Listen. Because nine times out of ten, if you listen to somebody with a difference of opinion, you will find out exactly what they feel, think, and what they're getting at within the first five seconds of them talking. And the one thing that you need to remember is that even though I don't agree with this proposition, even though I don't agree what's coming down the pipe, the one thing that I can agree on is the passion. They are no different from me because they have passion for their subject. So in that case, I have respect for them. I get more frustrated with the agricultural industry than I do with the animal rights people. Because of the inactivity. How do we fix that? We get informed. Some of my favorite, favorite organizations that I like to follow because they give just straight out information is Protect the Harvest. And I will say again, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with my diatribe, if you will, on this subject. But what I want you to do is I want you to search out the information. And don't just go to one website. I want you to be informed. I want you to make informed decisions. My fear with this proposition passing is that we will lose another piece We will lose another piece. You can say goodbye to fairs. You can say goodbye to livestock auctions. You can say goodbye to livestock projects within 4-H and FFA. You can certainly say goodbye to rodeos. And I'm not sure if you guys really get it or not, but this is for my friends in the rodeo industry. Companies like Pepsi, who are sponsoring rodeos, also funnel money to animal rights organizations. It's a long, twisted trail, but if you follow the money, you will see that there's many large corporations 
who are sponsors of fairs, livestock expositions, and rodeos that actually funnel money to animal rights organizations. That's giving without doing your due diligence. That's just my thought, but, you know, it is what it is. So are you up for the challenge? Are you ready to speak your piece? Are you ready to do something about it? I guess what I'm getting at is I don't want anyone to blindly follow anyone. I truly believe that it is in the utmost importance to tell the truth. Oof. The Love Muffin, the other day, at a rodeo, had a woman approach him. She wanted to know what the flank strap was. He explained, first of all, as I've talked about before, there are no balls that are strapped down. This is not Leather Alley in San Francisco. Ew. Uh, but it was amazing to hear him recount this experience because to me, regardless of the fact that I think he's amazing, he is an honest and true spokesperson for what he loves and has no problem talking to somebody and having that information exchange. So when this woman wanted to see this flank strap, wanted to you know feel it, touch it, I think he was somewhat amazed when he realized that she was looking for barbs or anything that was in this rope. Another misconception. But where is the information that's thrown out? I've been on tours. I have listened to the jargon, if you will, that is given to the public about how things go, whether it's at the fair, whether it's at a rodeo, whether it's at a demonstration farm. And the biggest missing link in all of this is that the presentation is exactly it. It's not a conversation. It's not an information exchange. It's a presentation. It's a well-rehearsed presentation. That doesn't work. You can't communicate with someone who's already got it in their mind that you're doing something wrong if you're giving a presentation and talking at somebody. You have to talk to somebody. You have to make yourself a little bit more vulnerable so they will be an active participant. And if you think I'm so wrong, I've got years of experiences to share with you to prove that I'm right. To say that I'm worried about how this is going to affect my livelihood is an understatement. To say that I'm worried about how this is going to affect my kids is, a, is an even bigger understatement. But what keeps me up at night is the fact that this proposition, again, will open that door 
for the undoing of a safe, reliable food source because I can guarantee you that agriculturalists will turn tail and run and take everything out of country. And then how are you going to regulate something that comes from out of country? You can try, but you won't do it. So here's the challenge. Because I'm 25 minutes in, my long yipping time. My challenge to you is to seek the answers. If you're in California, get in the know. If you can vote for this proposition after you've done the work, after you've read both sides of the story, after you've asked those questions and got your answers, then that's the way it should be. To those of you who do not reside in California, get ready. Get your pencil sharpened, do your updates on your computer, and start the letter writing campaign. Start to mobilize. You need to do it now. To the organizations involved in agriculture, local, state, national, whether you're a Cattlemen's Association, an Agrowomen's Association, a Rodeo Association, Start the dialogue now. Start the dialogue now. I will also ask you to refine your approach when dealing with animal rights activists. Because what you're doing is not working. At all. There is a network of us who will absolutely be happy to help you. If you have questions, if you are wanting to get more involved, contact me. Maybe you're an animal rights activist and happened upon my podcast. And if you want to have an open, honest information exchange, I am down to do it. I will have that conversation with you all day long. I won't do nastiness, but I will do a conversation where we can both learn from one another. There's so much to be learned from this, and we are missing the boat once again. And I can't sit back and not do anything about it. So again, my challenge to you is to write those letters, mobilize, and let's have more conversation. If we don't, we're screwed. The things that we hold dear, the things that we, like food, like going to the fair, watching our kids participate in activities, or even those involved in rodeo, you can kiss that way of life goodbye. And if you think that I'm an alarmist, sit back and just watch it all unfold. I'm not. If you want more information on how to get involved, what you can do, how to do it, or like I said, just have a conversation, you can always, always get me here. Send me an email, sgsolutionsforyou.com, S as in Sam, G as in goat, the word solutions, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. I will tell it to you straight. I am not employed by any agricultural organization. 
I am just wanting to educate and preserve, promote, and protect agriculture the best way I know how. I've specialized in dealing with this for over 20 years. And I feel like I have not done my job correctly. So now I'm trying to right the wrong. I'm going to leave you with this. Without agriculture, we will cease to exist. If agriculture comes from another country, we will be on our knees, literally and figuratively. We need agriculture to sustain us for our everyday lives. The cell phones, the cars, all of it. It is what, it, what sustains us. So don't you dare ever talk ill of an agriculturalist with your mouth full, holding your cell phone, driving your car, even your Prius, or electric car, or standing in your home. Alright guys, thanks for indulging my rant. And again, I'm here. Let's do this. Bye-bye.